Welcome to e-commerce on steroids. Buckle your seatbelts and learn from industry pros how to take your e-commerce business to the next level. Hello everybody and welcome to e-commerce on steroids. A podcast where we discuss all about e-commerce through Shopify, Facebook paid ads and email marketing. I'm Panos, I'm your host and let me first introduce you to today's episode guest. His name is Nick Milani, CEO and founder of Penguini, a really unique brand which started selling eco-friendly sippy cups and snack containers on Amazon and after its success transitioned slowly into its own Shopify store. We are discussing today about product research, understanding your true customer needs and building a meaningful mission-driven e-commerce brand. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. How is everything going today, man? Good, Panos. Good. I mean, thank you for having me. Glad to be chatting with you. Give us a little bit your like uh, your your background about yourself, about your your brand, the Penguini. Let us know a bit more about you. Yeah. So, I mean, I got into the world of e-commerce during my master's degree, and this was around three and a half years ago. And I was essentially trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I ended up selling a lot of products online um, through like a landing page and messing around with Google ads. And I did start a brand, but it was around selling other people's products, not my own. And I got to a point where I just wanted to start to create my own brand. And that's actually when Penguini was born. Awesome. And so you you kind of uh, tested quite a lot of things before penguini right yeah i mean penguini wasn't my first thing um i wouldn't say i tested a lot but i definitely warmed myself up into the world uh by selling other people's products and selling it online on a landing page with google ads and tested with shopify a little bit and then i figured it was time to start my own thing got it man uh being an e-commerce entrepreneur, like I, I know for a fact that, you know, you have quite a lot of challenges to, to face on a daily basis from like product development to marketing to general operations. Like I want to, uh, I want you to share with us, like what's the biggest challenge for you till today and uh, which, you know, you struggle even, uh, even today with this one. Yeah. Honestly, I'd say starting a brand in general isn't easy because no one has heard of it, right? There's no credibility or trust in the customer's eye. So you're building something from scratch. And, you know, usually big brands develop this trust by spending a lot of money on advertising to be able to warm that feeling up to you. And so for me, it was initially trying to figure out what the customer problem was and to really solve a problem so that way it's not just about marketing it's more about solving a core issue that people are looking to solve um but realistically like doing a bit of that and then doing a bit of the branding and the marketing and then product design and and sales i think the biggest challenge is essentially just being an entrepreneur and having to learn a lot of new things and having to become like, you know, really good at these things as well. Um, because you can go and outsource all this work to people, but if you don't know what you want, if you don't know what you should be getting, then 
it's easy to just go into these different worlds and then not end up where you want it to end up. And so I think trying to learn all these things like branding and marketing, but there's like a thousand things in each, you know, there's design, there's, there's different marketing, you know, platforms, there's different marketing strategies. So just trying to learn all this as quick as possible um, is probably a challenge and, you know, trying to be like a T-shaped entrepreneur, you know, like kind of well-versed at a lot of things, but still have your core competency in one. Absolutely, man. I completely agree because I think, as you said, like, okay, you can outsource everything, but at the end of the day, what's the outcome that you, you want them to produce for you? You, you need to know, mm -hmm. right? Like how... The, I mean, it's not necessarily that you need to do the job 100% from beginning to end, but at least you have to have a decent idea of what the outcome should be, right? 100%, yeah. Because like you said, if you don't have that outcome, then if anything, you're making the freelancer's job 10 times harder. <laughs> and you're also, you know, you're not really sure of what you're building. Absolutely, man. Now... Share with me, with us, uh, what you enjoy about having an e-commerce brand. What's the one thing that, like, you say that, oh, I, I love doing it? Mm -hmm. There's a few. Um, honestly, I would start off with creativity. I love the fact that I can be creative and I'm starting something from scratch and, and it's my thing and, and I'm able to have essentially no limits as to you know, how big I want to make it or where I want to take it. And that also ties into the freedom too, right? So having the creativity to be able to build whatever it is that I want and then actually see these things in people's hands and having them. How awesome is that feeling, man? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> every time I doubt myself, every time I'm like, I don't know, like, do people even want this? Or like, am I doing the right thing? And then I get these reviews or I jump on a phone call with a customer and they're like, yeah, like these are the only cups we use. And I'm like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely all of that, the freedom, creativity, and just like the feeling of being able to like create something that people are using in their lives is just a little out of this world. Uh, you know, I want your take on this one too. Like I, I came to realize that uh, at the end of the day, it's not about us. Like I'm also like an entrepreneur, but in the service mm -hmm. side of thing, I offer my services. And I think that it's also the same for a, an e-commerce brand entrepreneur. Like it's not about you at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Like you, you make something that it's going to solve the problem. So if you're going to solve the problem in a good way and you have people happy, then you have succeeded, right? That's that's the outcome exactly. that, uh, that you want to achieve. No, 100%. I mean, it starts with that. And then I think satisfaction for your personal side comes afterwards, right? Because you are not being selfish on saying, how can I make this more profitable? You're thinking about how can I solve the problem? How can I actually make my customers want this product, right? I love the way you see doing business, man. Yeah, <laughs> I really like. Great, it. I, th I think that's, that's why I think we're that's working a, that, together. That's the correct way to do business. That's why yeah. I, I enjoy working with you because we kind of working with some uh, email, email marketing stuff and Shopify stuff related. Exactly. Awesome, yeah. man. So let's let's keep going. Like, 
I want to know uh, because the product is uh, kind of unique in itself. I want to know, mm -hmm. uh, share uh, with us a little bit more info about how you ended up with this product idea and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, explain a little bit more about the process of the product development and how you finally said that, okay, I'm going to sell this product. Mm -hmm. So when I knew I wanted to start the brand, um, I actually knew that I wanted to do it on Amazon as well because the products I was selling before I tested out the platform of Amazon and I realized it was just really nice to have people buy your products with very low advertising and maintenance. And so I ended up actually doing a lot of research on Amazon and how to launch a product on Amazon. And then I realized that a lot of people actually build a lot of brands on Amazon um, because Amazon is essentially a, a search engine and people are searching keywords. And so when people are searching these keywords like, you know, black foam roller, which is like something you use to like uh, massage yourself after a workout, they're searching those keywords. They're not searching for a brand name. And so I realized that that gives you a lot of opportunity for a lot of brands that are not famous, that are not, don't have big budgets to just show themselves Uh, with good pricing, good competition, and just having a good product. And so I did a month of research of trying to figure out what was selling well with not too many competitors. Um, I was very data-driven. So it's not like this product came to me uh, from a vision in my dream. I was very e-commerce driven and wanted to pick a product that was doing well on the market And after a month of search, I actually found very similar sippy cups, um, if not the exact same, but they were they weren't marketing properly. And the way I like to say it, it's like they they were creating a very a very no name version of the product. And I was so it was just it. the product, right? There, there was no brand behind Sorry? it. It was just the product. There there was no brand behind it. Exactly. Exactly. It was just the product with with essentially no mission, no no branding, no colors, no packaging. It was just it was like a commodity, you know. It was just like here is the product. And and what I don't like about that is because is it's not just the fact that branding is is going to make it different. It's the fact that you need to tell the customer what this product is going to do for them, right? So really having a clear message of what this product is good for outside of the looks and the design. And so after doing a few, like checking that out, um, I was like, this is a cool product. And, you know, one thing led to another and I essentially decided to source that as my first product. Got it, man. And uh, that's, a, that's a super interesting and really practical actually way to, to start an e-commerce brand because there is so much discussion on what I'm gonna uh, sell on my new online store and uh, how should I approach mm -hmm. this stuff and you know some get caught up in the thing that yeah they have to have a mission from the beginning like a vision from the beginning which most mm -hmm. of the time I don't think it's the case like you, you just pick an idea based on data what works now and then you see how mm -hmm. you can kind of make it different improve it add a little, a little bit your creativity or make something you know in, a, in your own unique way right Exactly. That's exactly it. And uh, uh, as soon as like you realize, okay, that's something, the uh, CP Cups, it's something that 
I want to, you know, investigate more. Do you do anything uh, like for validating the idea before buying inventory? How, how did you approach this? Uh... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the first thing I did was order samples from like three or four different manufacturers. Um, that was essentially to see what the difference was uh, like from the manufacturers, in terms of? but also in terms of quality, in terms of, um, you know, different materials, maybe they've used, um, you know, because I mean, the product is fairly simple. It's just stainless steel and silicone. So I didn't have too much to worry about, but you know, what if one cup wasn't electro polished and the other one was, what if the silicone was a different grade? And, you know, I just wanted to essentially get a mean average of three different manufacturers and understand which ones might be better. And, and, you know, I mean, picking a supplier as well, you want to pick the be- the one oh, with the best such communication. A, such a difficult and, process, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're doing it overseas. Um, but you, that's a different do topic. Do you import from, uh, from, uh, from China? Where, where's your, your supplier? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're in Guangzhou in China. Um, and yeah, like I've been working with the same one for like two and a half years now. And it's nice. You build a relationship with them. And But like I said, I ordered samples and the one with the best communication, the one with, you know, the best product, even though the products weren't that different. I just knew that, okay, one out of three, like this is the one I'm going to go with because I trust it. But those products, those samples I got, I actually ended up giving them to my neighbor who had a toddler. I gave them to a few friends with kids just to be able to get their input, right? I wanted to understand their point of view a little more. And I did a lot of kind of customer discovery with them too to be able to understand what the issues were that they were that they were essentially dealing with with the current products in the market uh, and what were you looking on this kind of discovery phase with your uh, like samples being used by by your neighborhoods and mm-hmm. were you looking for kind so, of a, a, a pattern or maybe what they like what they dislike like you know where you can focus on maybe on your marketing yeah yeah ex- i mean that's definitely it there's i mean That's a that's a completely different discussion in terms of how to potentially build your brand and your value prop, but that's exactly it. When in customer discovery, you want to understand the customer's wants and needs and essentially any problem that they're facing, right? Because if you start to understand the root problem, like, you know, having cups that are easy to clean is probably the biggest thing. If that's the biggest issue, then you know, you want to be able to have that clear message in your branding, right? Because that is the core problem, right? And the way I like to see it is that you should ask why a few times, you know, you shouldn't be, they shouldn't be like, oh, it should be easy to clean. And then you're like, okay, great. You should ask why do you want it to be easy to clean, right? And then they'll be like, oh, because it, you know, does the cups become moldy? Oh, is that right? Why do you get it to a point where it gets moldy? Oh, because we're, We have so much things to do that we don't have time to wash it, right? So you start to understand the customer's behavior and to understand what the real issue is. The real issue after asking why three times isn't that the fact that they just want it clean. 
It's the fact that they probably don't have time and don't want to worry about it. So you can then take that and put it into your messaging. Absolutely, man. I, I, that's, that's the real, actually, market research, right? And this ties yes. really well with uh, my next question. I mean, I know for a fact that, you know, you know the typical debate in the marketing world, like, uh, are you more on marketing or more on branding? There's always this discussion around, and I think most of the times you are all about branding. And that's why, yeah. you, like, I really want to get your take in the, you know, your overall perspective of how you think of uh, approaching on building a meaningful brand, you know, with a, a, yeah. a really, like, uh, a true reason for existence. And I think this ties well with the questions that you you were asking, uh, like, the why? Why do you want to solve this problem, or right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. I mean, again, customer discovery is so important. Um, I think branding, like in terms of, yeah, like branding comes, there's two sides of it. There's one where like, oh, does it look nice? Does it, is the design good? That is more of like an artist's job, right? Um, I w- I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to have a bit of a branding eye. Um, and honestly, the way I actually have developed that eye is by simply just looking at current brands and current marketing material and ask myself, like, what makes this look good? Like, why do I like this? Why does this appeal to me? And sometimes it's the, the, the matching of the colors. Sometimes it's the just big font or the different types of fonts. Sometimes it's the minimal, the minimalism, the simplistic. And like, I always ask myself and try to learn from marketing material and be like, wow, like how did they make this? Why did they make it like this? And so that has developed my marketing eye. Um, that has helped me build Penguini to what it is in terms of what it looks like. I like to keep everything very minimal and big and simple. But then like you said, in terms of the actual branding of like messaging, I think that has to do a lot with knowing your customer, understanding that discovery, understanding their behaviors, understanding like those whys and really understanding what it is and why it is what they do. Absolutely. I think that like branding is uh, the next level of uh, your entrepreneur uh, journey. Like initially, I think we just started out to kind of try to sell. Mm-hmm. And then I think we kind of move forward and progress into, okay, let's see actually what's the message. Why, why are we doing this? Like, uh... yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, everyone wants to sell stuff online. Everyone wants to make some money passively <laughs> but uh you know building a brand is definitely i'd say the the hardest part of all that i mean you can start reselling people's products right that's where i started as well and flipping products but then when when you start building a brand it's more about selling stuff online it's it's about the customer it's about building something that people want for sure for sure and this also leads me to my next question nick which is like uh, again, the, the, that's a discussion that we see a lot uh, like online about the, the mission of the brand. And I, I would really want to, to get your take on uh, like how uh, can someone like link the, 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 their brand with uh, a really 
actual and meaningful uh, mission? Is this like a process? Is it something that, uh, you know, uh, you have to do something specific to kind of come up with uh, this brand's mission or how do you approach this one? So I think with the mission, it doesn't need to be perfect or spot on from the first day. Um, I think the the most important thing to have right away, or at least start testing right away, is your value proposition, your VP. And so, you know, if you understand, you know, what this product is selling, you know, what feeling it's selling, uh, what is it really benefiting, then you your marketing becomes very clear. And you know, a lot of people right now, especially online. They're purchasing products because it's solving a problem or because, you know, they might need it in their life. And so they might not take that extra step of trying to go and figure out, oh, what's this company actually stand for? What does this company actually do? That's like second or third step. But, you know, if you're building a brand, then if you're building a brand, you should be thinking about a mission that ties all the products that you want to sell together so then people feel a higher level of trust or they want to keep coming back because they know you're doing something special or they trust you because they know that you clearly stand up for something. That's and, a great point, Nick. Because I think yeah, like that comes with time. The, the, the whole branding and uh, mission and vision and all that stuff, that's great. But I think it's more for the retention part of your business. It's not about acquisition. Mm-hmm. Like, as you said, people are buying stuff online for, for solving problems. Like, they're going to see your ad. If it's, like, uh, you know, pricing-wise good and it solves the problem based on the, some certain elements that you should have on your website to, like, convince them that uh, your product will solve their problem, they're going to buy. Yeah. But then, like, you want them to rebuy, right? To come again, to come back. And I think that's yeah. where the mission and the branding and all that stuff plays a, a huge role on making them buy again because that there's the profit right you you know it better exactly exactly yeah and honestly there's a book called building a story brand um i think this ties more into the question before around branding i think that's a really good book to read into it's very tactical as well um in terms of really understanding your customers to you know what they might want and how you should message it and i think I think that's definitely a, a big book that's helped me try to, you know, be able to really clearly state my value proposition and, and simplify it. Awesome, man. Uh, let's jump a little bit about uh, uh, your, your experience with Amazon. And uh, I want to know why you started uh, from Amazon and not directly through your own Shopify store and kind of share with us some benefits of selling on Amazon and some... Uh, uh, disadvantages yeah so Amazon um, is honestly the reason why I started the brand and that's because Amazon already has millions of people going on the platform right and so instead of me starting my own Shopify store and then having to become a marketing expert as well and bringing in people from you know social media and all that I, I think Amazon's a great place to start your brand because the people are already there. The data is already there. You can tap into the keyword researches and understand what people are searching every month and at like how many. 
And so that gives you a really good um, idea of, of what products people are looking for. And, you know, if you go into the niche subjects, you can see that, oh, maybe, you know, this specific keyword is being searched a couple thousand times a month, but there's really no good product. And then it's like, whoa, all I need to do then is to make that product and, you know, optimize it and then the sales will come in. And so I think Amazon's a great place to start because of that, but also it's a great place to start because you can also look into people's reviews and see what people are doing wrong or how you can improve. There's so the much same data product. in there, right? At the end of the day, that's what it is. <laughs> There's just so much data to work with and uh for you as well, like I think it's a great place to start and then you know, um, slowly get off of it because, or not get off of it, but slowly establish a presence outside of it because you want to start getting that data and be able to remarket and be able to get closer with your customers. Um, but in terms of advantages, I think one big, big advantage is their FBA system, uh, fulfillment by Amazon. So, you know, I don't have to deal with customer service. I don't have to deal with picking and packing my products. I simply have my manufacturer send it over to Amazon's warehouse and Amazon checks it in. And it's my job to just essentially either get it to sell. But honestly, even Amazon does that. I just have to run a little bit of PPC, um, but everything is very hands off. And so they take care of the shipping, packing, the refunds. And that's, that's a huge advantage where when you're starting off, you don't know that three PLs can do that as well. You don't know that, you know, you can get your Shopify platform, um, you know, installed and integrated with these three PLs and have a customer service team. It's, it's just a, a great place to start. And for a lot of people who don't have experience to, to do it there first. For sure. What, what are some of the disadvantages though? I think that uh, I assume higher, <laughs> higher commission fees, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there are definitely a few disadvantages like higher fees in general. You'll be paying uh, on average something like 15% for just listing it on their platform and then another 15% of your margin to the picking and packing, the FBA. So that's 30% there. Um, and then things like data, right, in terms of actually being able to get like your your buyer's email address or being able to contact them to see how, how everything was or be able to remarket to them. You don't see any of that. You don't get to see what state or what province or where these buyers are coming from so you can maybe optimize those, those places a little better. Um, and honestly, the biggest disadvantage is probably the fact that you're at the mercy of Amazon. If Amazon decides to, you know, suspend your account for some reason, then that's it. You know, they have all the power. Uh, if you've worked so hard to get these reviews and get these listings optimized and then one day, you know, you don't like your, your product is deemed fraudulent because maybe another seller is trying to push you out of the game. And then Amazon will just be like, okay, well, you need to prove to us this and this and this and this. And you just have no control, which is kind of bad. That's the most annoying part, I think. Because at the end of the day, you want to 
you know, start your own brand to to make it mm. with your own way, right? Mm. And then, uh, like, but but I understand on the other hand that uh, you don't have to pay for marketing, you don't have to pay for logistics, for operations, for pick and packing, yeah. for you know all that for customer service. That's a huge part as well, right? So you know, for for every business decision, there is pros and cons, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's why it's a great place to start, but you should definitely start thinking about expanding and, and building your own assets and have things under your own control. For sure. Later that, on. Th- that's why you kind of slowly transition again to building your own uh, Superfest store, right? Did you want to speak yeah, exactly. and explain with, like, how how's the process look like? Like, uh, you know, how are you planning or are you starting to making the transition? Because I think most, there are so many Amazon uh, brand owners out there that they they have the same issues with you and they they really mm-hmm. want to make the transition and build their own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the transition is essentially creating that e-commerce store, could be on Shopify or other platforms. Um, and then... You know, there's different marketing marketing strategies to to, to start with, right? You could create a a lot of content to you know be able to start ranking on Google or other you know search engines. You can start directing people from your social media pages to your website to purchase directly there. Um, one thing we've been working together is essentially getting the Amazon sellers that's or the great Amazon one. buyers. Please share some more info. <laughs> that's, that's a really clever thing, a way to, to grab some data and some customer data from Amazon into yeah. your Shopify store, right? Please, can you share? Can yeah. you explain the process? Of course, yeah. So because they don't give you data, you definitely should have a plan to be able to get some sort of data from your buyers. And, you know, by putting an insert inside of your packaging, and being able to incentivize them to go on your website and to sign up for something. In my case, it's like an extended warranty. Um, they can, you know, they can then sign up to be part of the community a little bit, where you know they share their email and their name, and you're able to then, you know, use those emails in a email list, which you are helping me with, <laughs> and you know you can then start using that to also remarket right with with their email addresses and um i think more than that you can just essentially start giving them information about your brand and you can show them to your social media and and i think the biggest thing is that you can give them a coupon to to incentivize them to actually go and purchase from your store now rather than amazon Absolutely, that's a, that's a, a really really great way to capture uh, customers' data because as as we mentioned before, like people buy from Amazon, they don't know that they buy from Penguini, right? They see the product and they buy it, and then it comes you that uh, you kind of drive them back to the brand, back to your store, mm-hmm. and you you know once you get the the data, then uh, you can play around with them, you can test several things. As we do right now, we test to offer an extended warranty. But then, you, as you said, you can test like a coupon code. You can try to make an upsell to to these already existing customers, you know. Or yeah, you can share announcements about new products. Whenever you have customer data, you can do a lot of stuff. The challenge exactly when selling on Amazon is 
how to collect this data. And I think this way it will help a lot of Amazon sellers, Nick. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, that's a tough question. If you would start uh, today again, all the way back to the beginning, would you do same mm -hmm. way? Would you start from Amazon or would you start with uh, immediately with your own Shopify store? Um, no, I mean, I guess that's not really a tough question because I feel like I've, I've answered it. I would definitely do Amazon um, for the exact same reasons. Amazon is still, you know, full of data in terms of what people are searching to be able to really learn what people are looking for and then slowly start there and then make that transition into Shopify as well can over you, time. Can you start both of them realistically? Do you think uh, this can be happened or it's too much of a workload? I think it would be too much. Um, of course, everyone wants to be doing as much as possible at once. Um, I was actually speaking to a potential um, like freelancing or consulting client. They're like, yeah, like COVID has hit. We want to go from retail to online. And I think we should do Amazon.ca, Amazon.com and our Shopify store. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, listen, like, Every one that you just mentioned is a beast of its own. Like you have to, even Amazon.ca and Amazon.com, like you have to pick one and stick to it for at least a couple months, for at least a quarter and be able to A-B test and, and figure out how to optimize and get those sales going. And then, you know, slowly, um, you know, branch to the other platforms. But, you know, if you have a big team, if you have a lot of budget as well, you could potentially do it. But I'm just thinking about myself. Like if I were to do it again, then I would definitely just start off with one, which, you know, is the, is just get your most focus and then you can optimize that and do it really well and then move on to the next one. 100% man, I, I completely agree. Like I think even if I did have the budget, I wouldn't spread my attention and my focus towards all of mm -hmm. this at the same time. Uh, yeah. Because honestly, as you said, it's so much stuff that you have to deal with. And especially if you're a beginner and you don't really know that much of, uh, you know, you have marketing, you have sales, you have operations, you have product design, development, you know, all these kind of stuff that you yeah. mentioned. Like, the whole supply it's, chain. It's, yeah, it's, it's impossible to kind of handle all of this stuff at once. As you said, you, uh, from my point of view, I think uh, you focus at one, you make it work, or at least you get some positive like uh, signals that it's going to work. And then maybe you start thinking about uh, what's the next step, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to end up doing an average job on all of them. You'd rather do a fantastic job on one and then slowly move to the next one. 100% man, I agree. Nick, last question for the day. Uh, I want your opinion and your advice for anyone who wanna start their own e-commerce business today. And I think there are too many of these guys out there because e-commerce is really <laughs> booming. Uh, what would you say to those that uh, they wanna start their own brand? What advice would you give them? What would you say mm -hmm. they should do and they should not do? So I think the first thing that anyone should ever consider um, when they want to do something for real, and this is e-commerce or really anything, it could be getting into the stock market, it could be you know, becoming a coder. <laughs> it, you have to know 
why you want to do it. You have to really understand what it is that you want to do and, and what the reasoning is. If it's to make some money on the side because it looks profitable, then Don't do you know, it. most of the time... Sorry? Don't do it. <laughs> it's not that don't do it it's the fact that you're probably going to do it for a few months and, and then, then you're going to give up yeah. you're going to exactly you're going to stop it because you're going to be like oh like that was not as easy as I thought let's move on to the next thing and so you know you have to really understand what it is that e-commerce can do for you and why you want to do it and for me personally it was because I knew that this is the lifestyle I want to live. I want to be able to do work from anywhere. I know that if the more time I put into this business, the bigger it's going to get. There's no limits. Um, and so really, and like aside from all that, there's also the creativity channel and just the fact that I love just like making products and stuff. And and I knew that every time there was an issue, like I was, I would look at the bigger picture and be like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. And so I would get through the get through uh, past the issue and so I wouldn't give up I'd keep going and so I'm at this point now where I've learned a lot a lot a lot um, but still learning every day but I think after really understanding that this is something that aligns with what you want to do um, because at the end of the day this is still a business you're building a business and it takes a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of stress <laughs> and so after that you essentially just try to figure out which business model suits you best. There's a lot of different ways people sell stuff online. Um, you know, I wouldn't start off with starting a brand. I would start off with either drop shipping actually some stuff uh, with Shopify and AliExpress or um, doing something called online arbitrage or um, retail arbitrage on Amazon, which is essentially just flipping products. You're buying products from stores that are discounted and you're selling them on Amazon because it's just more expensive on Amazon. And so you're making a bit of profit there. Um, and same with the dropshipping. Like, I think that's still a good model to start off with because you're testing, you're testing these different products. You're learning the ropes, you're learning what, uh, how to market, you're learning what customers want. And then you slowly from all these experiences move towards building a brand of your own because You've learned how to market. You've learned what people are wanting. You know, you've learned a bit of branding. And so start off small and start to just sell some stuff online to see, you know, to, to introduce yourself to the world. That's awesome, man. Nick, it was really nice having you. I really, really enjoyed the conversation. And thanks for sharing all the these interesting insights. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. I mean... I hope to be hearing some uh, cool conversations as well through your podcast. So thanks for having me. We hope our podcast inspired you. Join our Facebook group Shopify Q&A for more great e-commerce and Shopify tips.